you're listening to a Henley Intelligence Conversation. So welcome to Henley Intelligence. This is a podcast. I'm John Foster Pedley. I'm the Dean and Director of Henley Business School in Africa. And what we try and do is have conversations with interesting people who can help our lives, either about education or business, and give us unusual and significant insights. And today, I've got the enormous pleasure of sitting in front of Gelong Tubten. And Gelong, I'm reliably informed, means senior monk. And Tubten, um, I'm going to allow him to explain what that means. He's sitting in front of me in red robes, a shaved head, beatific smile and the calmness exuding. And today we're going to talk about mindfulness, meditation, and a different life and how these things can help us. Good afternoon. Afternoon. It's great to be here. Well, you, you gave a talk yesterday, which a whole day, which we got um, outstanding feedback for. And you took a room of 50 people to a different place, really, and a number of them now determined to start meditating. And I'm actually really fascinated by meditation and mindfulness. What is it you do? Who are you? <laughs> Why do you do it? Easy questions to begin with. So I am a Buddhist monk, and I've been a Buddhist monk for the past 25 years. Mm. I, I ordained when I was 21, and I teach mindfulness all over the world, but I'm based in the UK, so I do most of my work in the UK. Mm. And I teach in lots of different situations, the corporate world, but also education, healthcare, really diverse situations. And I'm fascinated by how much people are taking to this so quickly now. It's becoming a real revolution. Everyone's, mm. everyone's drawn to this, this tool. And I like to demystify it and get people to see that it can be something very ordinary, very integrated with their daily life. It's not something mystical or religious. It's something very grounded and practical that you can do even as a very busy person. It's grounded and practical, and while you're demystifying it, it nonetheless has a spiritual aspect to it. Am I right? Or yeah, and yeah. of course, the, these practices are rooted in Buddhist philosophy, and it has that very authentic tradition behind it. Mm. But the great thing is that these practices can be done without religion, or somebody who is a religious person isn't going to feel that these practices conflict with their beliefs. Mm. Because it's spiritual in the sense of something very generalized, not linked to one religion or another. And it's spiritual in the sense of simply looking within and finding one's truth and living that truth. And I think that is something everybody is drawn to. I have to say, I think so too. I mean, I listen to tapes and, and trying to practice meditation with enormous lack of success it feels at the moment so so what does it take to meditate well and what is what will it give me if i get good at it well i think that many people try meditation and then they think they're doing it badly or they mm. can't do it but that's because maybe they're struggling to clear their mind mm. Lots of people yesterday at the seminar we did here brought this point up. They said they've tried it before and they feel like failures because they sit down and try and clear their mind. And of course, there's lots of thoughts. And actually, that's not the right approach. And part of my aim around demystifying these, these practices is to really get people to see that it's not about emptying the mind and going into a kind of stillness. It's just about focusing. 
and being present. So anyone can do that. You can focus on your breathing. You can focus on your body. Mm. You can focus on sounds, actually any of your senses. And then your mind wanders and you bring your attention back to the focus again and again and again. It's a little bit like falling off a horse and getting back on again mm. repeatedly. And if you have that very sort of relaxed and patient attitude to the whole thing, it doesn't become an issue of I can't do it or am I doing it badly or am I doing mm. it well. It's kind of like exercise. It's like going running or going swimming. You just do it and it makes you fit. It doesn't have to be quality control or too much stress about it. You just do it. That's very encouraging. I feel I've had my first seminar. I definitely feel like <laughs> that was useful to me. And it is useful to many people though, isn't it? In what ways do you think we're going to benefit if we learn to practice what you're talking about? Well, I think it has a huge benefit on our stress levels. And of course, nowadays, people are increasingly stressed. And also, it has a great benefit around mental focus. So in a business setting, and also an educational setting, in fact, any setting, really, it's so important to learn to be less distracted and more present and more focused. And people are finding that they, they can attend lectures and classes or be at work all day and only half their mind is there. You know, they're so distracted. So when they practice mindfulness, they are training themselves to be really in the moment. And this increases efficiency, productivity, happiness, motivation, everything really. Mm. And then of course, on the stress side, it's all about learning to be less easily wound up or affected by stress. Stress is never going to go away. In fact, it's getting worse. Our, our culture is increasingly stressful. Sure, yeah. But our attitude to stress mm. could change. We, we could engage with stressful situations in a more mindful way, which doesn't mean becoming sort of like a dreamy person or a zombie kind of disconnected. It actually means to be in the present moment and be less wound up by one's own negative thoughts. So actually, that's really interesting. So if you're running a business, for example, you're often distracted by the compulsions of what you've got to report on or getting all these things done with a, with a great determination and sort of hardness of approach. But what you seem to be saying is by, by meditating, you let go of some of that and you become a more of you is at work, more of you is present. And, and with that would come not only your uh, analytical capacities, but perhaps your creative abilities as well. You Absolutely. Know, you're, you're letting something go. So it's a relationship between what you do and us being able to be more innovative, for example. Absolutely, because I think in innovation in general and creativity tend to be suppressed or blocked when we have too much stress. Mm and when our mind is too busy. Mm. And so the more we can learn to calm the mind and focus the mind, the more we can access areas of ourself which have a lot of wisdom and creativity. And one of the other things I, I like to do around demystifying this whole process is sometimes people, especially in business, think, would mindfulness make me less efficient? Is it is it about being so relaxed that you then actually are less motivated and you're sort of more lazy? And mm. that's absolutely not true. I find that people are more efficient and more productive if they're able to handle stress better and mm. if they're able to be more mentally focused and more present. You actually have more energy. So creativity, innovation, energy, motivation, they they're all accessible if one learns to be less wrapped up in stressful thinking. 
what about you? What's what's your life like now? What are you what are you doing? It's, it seems like you're not sitting in a monastery in Scotland. You you seem to be traveling around the world. I mean, what is it you do, and 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 how do you arrive at doing that? Well, I did sit in a monastery in Scotland for many years, mm. and in fact, I spent four years in a secluded retreat on a Scottish island, meditating. So I've I've have spent a long time in a very strict and quiet monastic situation. But now that I'm more busy lecturing and teaching in different places, I'm actually on the road most of the time. And so I'm sometimes in a different country each week. I'm sometimes on an aeroplane three times a week. And my schedule's really full, which is interesting to me on two levels. On one level, it it helps me to relate to the people I'm mm. instructing. And I tell them very quickly, don't, don't look at me and think, oh, he's a monk, he must be floating on a cloud. I'm really in a very stressful role and busy role, so it helps me relate. And then the second thing is, I personally am practicing these techniques for survival. I mean, really, <laughs> if I didn't meditate every day, I think I'd get really run down. Yeah. And not only do I meditate every day quietly in my room, my hotel or wherever I am, but also I try to bring tiny moments of mindfulness into reality in, into my mind throughout the day small moments so how does that work i mean could could i do that yeah. or could the listeners do that how what would they do it's really simple you're standing in a queue or you're stuck in traffic and instead of stressing out and getting impatient and kind of lost in 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 your thoughts you just focus very very strongly on your body so you feel the ground under your feet um you feel the car seat under your body you just relax into that moment for a few seconds and it completely changes your reality. I like to do this when I'm standing on a crowded train. In London, we have the underground system, and mm. I'm often on the tube going to an appointment. And you're there in rush hour. You can't sit down. It's hot. It's uncomfortable. And then you just stand there with mindfulness, which means you feel the ground under your feet. You're aware of your breathing. You drop your shoulders. You're in that relaxed state mentally and physically. Totally changes your experience of that moment because you're not stressing out, you're being at peace. And so I often get people to do this in a busy office situation. I, I suggest to them many times a day to take a moment to just be aware of their body sitting in the chair mm. and literally just feel the ground under their feet and look away from their computer screen for three or four seconds and just look at the desk and go into that state of presence and you sort of integrate these tiny moments throughout a busy day. It doesn't take any time away from your work because you can be doing something. I mean, you can be washing your hands, you can be pouring tea, you can be busy, but you're having that moment of pure connection with the present reality, almost bypassing your thoughts and going instead into direct perception of the here and now. If you punctuate your day with many of those moments, it definitely keeps you one step ahead of the buildup of stress. Mm. It literally keeps you ahead of the game. That cortisol stress reaction that normally builds up throughout the day doesn't have a chance if you're constantly detoxing through mindfulness. So this sounds like you can, it sounds very fascinating because with some simple sounding, but nevertheless, I'm sure very hard to do disciplines, many people can change their experience of their working lives and their home lives. Yes. With disciplines that are, in a sense are lost to Western culture in some yeah. ways, but, but recovering. Is it that easy or is it just absurdly difficult? Both. It's easy in that... I sort of thought you'd say that. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> easy in that the technique itself is simple and 
not hard to understand or explain to somebody, but then it's really difficult to remember to do it. Mm. I give so many classes to people and then they tell me when I see them again, oh, I got very motivated by your class and then after three days I, I kind of lost the thread and didn't do it every day. And then I try and help them find ways to keep themselves motivated and on track because it is so easy just to forget to do this and to end up just stressed all the time. Mm. So it's about discipline, but I think if you make a commitment to your own health, well-being, stability, happiness, that involves physical stuff as well, like eating right and exercising. We do those things. We know we need to do those things. So add mindfulness to the mix, and then you've got a healthy body, healthy mind. Now, we are a business school, so Henny is a business school that trains execs, and anyone who's trying to develop their capabilities in their working life in a sort of managerial or leadership way, and also tries to create innovative, creative people who produce better businesses and better organizations. How would you advise us to help integrate that into our education? I mean, could we and would it be worthwhile? I think it'd be very worthwhile. And I think any educational environment, whether it be also children, but also adults, people in a college or a business school, they're learning so many skills. And maybe the one skill that's missing is how to manage their emotions. Hmm. We're preparing people for the corporate world or for the professional world and giving them all these tools and skills. But what about tools that help them manage their emotions, manage their stress, increase mental focus, all of that. So mindfulness would have a powerful role to play hmm. alongside the other disciplines that are being taught. And yes, as a business school, you could implement this through, for example, having people such as myself coming here and giving regular seminars, but then also on a daily basis using, for example, mindfulness apps or some kind of online learning platform where you have little uh, tips or classes. And you have you, an app. I, know, I do. I downloaded it yesterday. What's it called again? Samten. S-A-M-T-E-N. So and it's a mindfulness app where each day there's a new practice. Hmm. And that gives people something on their phone where they can have a five-minute mindfulness session guided by me, for example. And that gives you the daily training. And then, of course, it grows from five minutes to ten minutes. Well, I'm very excited by this. I mean, we've got people in a country that's been hugely damaged by a stressful past in South Africa. We've got people who are rediscovering themselves, needing confidence, needing to find their energy without acting out in crazy ways. So I'm really interested in personally in this, but how we bring this to people as well. So, so if you were to come on a regular basis, we'd be very happy about that, and I hope you will. But I'd like to know what we might be able to do over time, in the meantime, to keep this sort of consciousness of this developing and to help develop a discipline so that when people come to our business school, they've got a sense of a, a certain almost indefinable depth to it yes. that we're, we're working on. And how might we do that? Well, I think use technology. So as well as apps, one can use the, I assume you have an intranet system yep. for the students. On there, there could be information given, for example, links to studies about mindfulness, mm. short videos of talks, not not just me, but any any good mindfulness instructor, we can we can look at a range of people you could publish short videos, YouTube videos, et cetera, so that people can access those instructions whenever they need to. And understand how this could help study. Yeah. But we're, we're very keen on family-friendly learning, so we don't want 
our study efforts to damage people's families and relationships, mm. spouses, partners, kids. So it sounds like this is a way to become just more awake. Exactly. Like, yeah. And of course, this will enhance people's relationships, professional relationships and personal relationships. Mm. If we're stressed and then we're taking our stress out on our family, mm. it's a disaster, isn't it? And that's it's, what many yeah, people do. It's so easy to do. So let's give people tools through which they can transform their stress instead of walking around with a sort of pressure cooker of stress inside that then explodes regularly with ourselves or our family. Let's really give people something that can give them a really peaceful, happy mind. It's a tool. It's a tool for transformation. And it really is like exercise. If you go running, if you go swimming, if you lift weights, you will get physical fitness. It's mm. the same with the mind. If you do these mental training techniques, your mind becomes more fit. So we've got enormous control over the way we live our lives and our mental focus. And I have heard that neuroscience sort of studies and other studies have shown that there are definite benefits to the brain in doing this. Well, they've done a lot of scans on people who practice mindfulness they've done mri scans and mm. other types of scans particularly at harvard and other universities and they've shown that it gives you healthier brain chemistry they've shown that the amygdala which is the area of the brain connected mm. with stress is less reactive they've shown that there's more gray matter they've shown that the areas of the brain connected to memory empathy compassion happiness are in better shape so this evidence now has given people confidence that this stuff really works because it's been scientifically proven. As a Buddhist monk, I know it works because there's 3,000 years of lineage behind it. And also I can see in my own life how it brings me more peace and happiness. So I never really needed that scientific backup. But now I think that's very useful for people who, who do need some kind of confidence that this works and there's studies and trials. And yeah, it's as important as healthy eating and exercise. And you certainly look very relaxed and happy. I have to say, in spite of your life, I'm sitting here in my office. You're smiling. You're not putting on an act. It's a very, very natural expression of what you're doing. I mean, how is your life? My life is really busy, but I'm a pretty relaxed person. I wasn't before. I used to be hmm. very wound up, very tense, very anxious. And sure, I still get stressed out. I'm not perfect. I'm not floating on a cloud. Hmm. I get stressed out, but it's not as bad as it used to be. And I really do know how to relax. And I really do know how to put myself into a positive mental state. And that tool has given me a lot of independence. And it means I can go anywhere and be anywhere and kind of just be okay. So yeah, it's helped me enormously. And I like to share that with others. Well, thank you very much. So we're out of time because you've got to go and give a talk to about 60 people who are waiting in in the next block to us. So, Gelong Tubten, which is, what does Tubten mean? Tubten means the way of the truth. The way of the truth. Literally, it means the teachings of the Buddha, but one can loosely translate that as the way of the truth. So, that's senior monk, the way of the truth, Gelong <laughs> Tubten. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here. And I hope you're going to come on many, many future occasions. That's the plan. Yeah. Absolutely. So, listen in. We'll try and do more on mindfulness. And we'll try and get more interviews with Galong Tubton and um, see what we can do to develop an innovative and different approach to learning in business schools and see how that helps us in our mission of building the people who build the businesses that build Africa. Thank you very much, Galong Tubton. Thank you.
Find more Henley intelligence on our Henley Africa social media platforms.